Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys are doing amazing and your week is off to an incredible start. I am so excited for today's podcast episode because I'm interviewing my best friend. He is Oliver Manalees, and we have been friends for a very, very long time. He was actually a guest here on episode number six, and it was a fantastic episode. So definitely go back and listen to that. He was the first guest that I interviewed. So my interview skills have, have come a long way since then. Let's just say that. So I'm really excited for today. We are diving into so much juicy content. And before I get into that, I've had a bunch of you reach out and ask me about business coaching because you've heard me share about our business mentorship. And I just wanted to let you know that on top of our nutrition newsletter that we send out every week and we send out recipes and all that good stuff, I also do write a business coaching newsletter. And this newsletter is all for health professionals, online service providers, and health coaches who are looking to up-level their business, scale their business, and really make an impact and make an incredible income doing what they love. So if you're in interested in getting information on that. I'm pulling back the curtains and really giving you a behind the scenes look at our business over here at Holistic Wellness, what we do, how we grow, and all the steps to really grow and build an incredible business. So if you're interested in that, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash biz list, B-I-Z-L-I-S-T. It's our business newsletter list and it goes out every week and I'm sharing all kinds of amazing strategies to just help you become the expert, help you build an incredible social following and community. And maybe you're interested in podcasting and I'm going to share my journey. So if you've got questions, head over there and you can sign up and you can always connect with me there. And I hope you guys really value it. I'm excited writing those newsletters every week because there's so much to share from my, obviously my personal story and like really being in the trenches of like growing a business from nothing. So I'm so excited to share that with you. So head on over there and sign up. The link again is holisticwellness.ca forward slash biz list, B-I-Z-L-I-S-T. And then speaking of newsletters, if you guys are also not on our our nutrition newsletter list. This is our email newsletter that goes out twice a week. We share incredible recipes. We send out different promos for whatever programs we're launching online. Like we have our upcoming weight loss program that's launching in a few weeks. So if you're interested to know more information about that and to sign up for any of our programs and get discounts and early bird specials and all that good stuff, I send out all kinds of information on all things health, hormones, wellness, stress, self-care, weight loss, all of it. So if you're interested in that and you haven't signed up yet, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash newsletter and you can join us there. So there's something for everybody and I'm excited to connect with you guys and share so much great content with you every week through our newsletters. All right. So today... 
Like I said, I'm interviewing Oliver Manalees, and he runs a leadership consultancy. He's an expert in coaching, consulting, and training achievement-oriented leaders in aligned reinvention with a focus on sustainable high performance and a renewed experience of aliveness. Oliver guides clients through a deep lasting transformation. Simply put, he focuses on the ways we are being, our relationship to reality and how it really shapes what we see is possible. And he is an incredible coach and I'm so grateful to call him my best friend. We met each other way back in our university days and you know, he's gone through quite the transformation. And if you want to hear about that, go back to episode six, because he shares more about that and his ups and downs and struggles with his health and then with business and having a business that failed and really stepping into coaching. But today we dive into excuses, why we have them and how you can move past them. We talk about how we are more than just our thoughts. And we also talk about the importance of self-care Mondays because Oliver and his fiance have a self-care Monday as opposed to self-care Sundays. And we dive into so much more information. You know, this is really about having a deeper conversation about the stories that we tell ourselves, the excuses that we tell ourselves, and all of these limiting beliefs that are going on in the back of our head and how we can really step out from that and move forward into our future with power and possibility and creating a life with more joy, more freedom, more empowerment, and really being fully satisfied. So I'm really excited for today's episode, and I think you guys are going to love it. So let's dive in with Oliver Manalees. Oliver, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. The first time you were here was over a year ago. I interviewed you for episode six, which is crazy because now we're like mid sixties, but you were actually my first person I interviewed, my first guest. So yeah. So I'm so excited you're back because you're my bestie and we're going to dive into so much goodness today. But before we do that, can you share with our audience who you are and what you do? First of all, Congratulations Thanks. on the show. Thank you. In your amazing, beautiful house Aww. that we got the tour of. <laughs> Thanks so much. So huge. And yeah, it's an honor to be back, like to be reinvited. Of um, course. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I am Oliver Manalise. I am a coach. I'm a life coach. I never used to say that. Like I used to be like, I don't like want to use the word life coach, yeah. life coach, but I think that's just the best way to really describe it. I work sure. a lot with the overwhelmed, the overworked, overachievers who have, you know, they're really great at what they do, but they've lost who they are. And so a lot of the work that I do is to get people from a place of fear and resistance and avoidance and control, trying to really control the outcome, try to control the results and get them to a place where they are joyful, they are satisfied, they have a high level of well-being, they're performing at maximum levels, they're taking time to rest, relax, rejuvenate themselves and do the things that matter to them. So I bring people through just, you know, different kinds of processes depending on where they're at in their journey, but ultimately the goal is for them to live a life that is aligned with who they are. That's awesome. So I know so many women that are probably listening right now are like, yes, I want that so desperately, but how do I actually get there? And, you know, the purpose of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast 
This isn't just hormones. Yes, we talk so much about hormones, but I feel like hormones makes up one piece of a very big puzzle. And it's also, you know, our health is beyond just our hormones and what we eat, right? It's our well-being. It's our self-care. It's how we show up in our relationships and all sorts of things. So I'm so excited to have this conversation because I know so many people are going to benefit from it. So where I really want to start, I want to talk about self-care Mondays because for anyone that follows you, and if you're not following Oliver, we will definitely put it all, all the links in, in our show notes. So for anyone that follows you, they may have noticed that on Mondays, you have self-care Mondays as opposed to self-care Sundays, which I feel like most people have. And you go for walks in nature, you have coffee dates with maybe like friends or you're with Janet and she's here right now, actually. Oliver's soon to be wifey. She's sitting over here. She's turning red as yes. her shirt. <laughs> as her mug. <laughs> oh, she's just sitting, sitting off and hanging out, hanging out with us today. So you spend time like just really easing into your day and time in nature. And it's like, it's just this day of self-care and, and taking care of you and your relationship too. So I feel like so many women that are probably listening, they're like, okay, first of all, that's crazy to have a self-care Monday. And two, that would be impossible for me to create something like that or integrate something like that into my life. So I'm really curious, you know, how did you get to this place of being able to integrate a self-care Monday? I used to despise Monday. I think a lot of us can relate to, you know, living for the weekends. And then as soon as it's Sunday, we're already like, oh my God, already? Like the weekend's already over. And you can be one of those people who are like, oh God, it's Monday. And I want to be the kind of person who's like, thank God it's Monday. Love that. Like it's, I wanted to really reinvent and reimagine my relationship with Monday. It's really like that first day of the week. I don't know about you, but that's usually not the most productive. Like I'm not as sharp. I'm not as clear. I'm kind of recovering from like slowing down and maybe just having some fun over the weekend. And self-care Mondays is to me, it's really about just creating a day where we get to rest, recharge, relax, slow down a little bit. Because if you look at nature, Albert Einstein, he always says, you know, look to nature for inspiration. Like if you're trying to find solutions, trying to find answers, look to nature. And if you look at nature, we have day, we have night. We have seasons where things are growing. We have seasons where things are hibernating. There's a necessity for us to be awake and there's a necessity for us to, you know, go to sleep and take rest. And most of us, because of the, just the human aspect of our mind, we feel like we can conquer it. We can dominate it and we can work against our own nature, which is, Hey man, you need to like slow down, chill out, relax. Totally. So Monday, I feel like it's just a great day for me. It, it work, this is what works for our schedule that we can do that. And no, it's not what everyone can do where they're at right now, but I chose Monday because I like to know that on a Monday, it's like me Monday, it's self-care Monday that everyone is kind of getting their week started, getting their day started. And we're just like, you know what? If we're going to go to the park, it's really quiet. If we're going to go for a hike, there's not a lot of people there. You go totally. for a coffee date, no one's there. It's a great day of the week to kind of have those, the, the solo time, the quiet time, the relaxing time. Totally agree. I 
went to the mall the other day and it was on a Monday <laughs> and I went to like, I try to avoid the mall as often as I can, but I went to go run some errands and it was just so quiet and it was just so nice to like go grab a coffee and like not feel like I was in this busyness, mm-hmm. all these like people rushing around. It felt really, really good. So I loved how you said reinventing your relationship with Mondays. It's like almost like you're reinventing your relationship with life. Mm overall like yeah well how you live your day is how you live your life Mm. really and it's just one day of the week that i chose it could be a half a day it could be just a couple of hours in a week depending on what your situation is but all i can say is for a long time for a period of maybe three four five years before i became an entrepreneur before i became self-employed i would wake up in the morning and just visualize how would my life look how would i live my life if i was my own boss if i had total freedom with my time and where i got to be and, and no one was waiting for me no one's expecting me i don't feel obligated to show up in some place i'm like how would i live i'm like well this is what i would do I would go have an espresso, spend time at the bakery. I would go for a hike, spend time in nature, get a chocolate croissant. And, you know, I know you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, just as I do. How many of them are entrepreneurs because they crave the freedom, but they don't actually give themselves the experience of that freedom once they are there? Once they're, it could be like three, four, five, ten years in business and they're there for freedom, but they won't even take four hours. Yep. You know, like there's the whole saying of, well, are you making the time? Well, I'm like, you got to take the time. Totally. You can only take the time. Just take it. It's yours to take. It's your life. It's your business. It's your freedom. Take it. So that was kind of my expression of it. That was kind of the way I manifested it. I love that. So would you recommend for people to spend time visualizing what it is they want for their life? I think that's an important practice is that for us to just have an idea of where we want to aim towards, right? Like, where do I want to be six months from now? And it's, sometimes it's not really that helpful to look five years out because we might be dealing with situations that are like really challenging us where we're really right. forced to grow, forced to stretch. And sometimes we need to be like sick of our own crap and not want to do that for another day or another week or another two months. So you might even just say, okay, well, all right, 30 days from now, how do I want my day to look like? How do I want my week to look like? Just maybe that's how far you need to go. For me at that time, it was, okay, five years from now, how do I want to live? Or three years from now. But yeah, definitely take some time to just be very vivid, very crisp with like the senses. Like, what does it smell like? What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What does it look like? What are the colors? What what do you know? Who's around you? Just to get really, really clear as to, you know, the the feeling. Because that's what you want to really create for yourself is the feeling inside of your body of... Ah, you know, I'm the master of my environment. Like I'm the the master of my fate. I think that's really, really important. I love that. Okay. So let's dive into excuses because as human beings, I know we've got many, I've got my own and you know, from, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I'm too busy, whatever it might be. What are our excuses telling us about ourselves and how do we actually get past them? (laughs) This is really just a little question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're unraveling and unpacking something I think we all need to really take a good hard look at. Yes. And if I was going to say it in like very, very short, it's we get to have our excuses. Like we, we really get to have them. I think on the other side of our excuse is 
There's some sort of reward for having the excuse. Mm. There's a payoff for having the excuse. Like I was literally on a session with a client just the other day who is just ramping up her business. She's getting the attention and the audience she's looking for. She's getting people signing up for this massive like high ticket event that she's holding. And she's super excited about it. And on this other side of things, she's completely blocked. She's kind of limiting her growth. And when we... We we went through the session exploring, like, why is it that all these people are coming in for this one thing that you're offering, but it's kind of like in this holding pattern. And when we got into it, what she found out was, well, if I really amplified those results, it would create more work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I want more work. Totally. Which is, it's hilarious because we need to address where we're being inauthentic one side is i want to be great i want to create results i want to support and serve people but we can also at the same time simultaneously want to not have the demands on us to have to serve we don't want to feel like we're going to be so busy oh my gosh like i'm gonna have to fulfill all these orders we have to serve all these people so those can both exist they're not contradictory we're both human and being we can have the you know, the vision of I want to be great, but we also have the one side of us that wants to stay comfortable and stay small and stay, right. stay really safe. And, you know, once she looked, looked at that dead in the eyes, wouldn't you know, she messaged me this morning. She has like, she's, she's almost sold out. Like, she's amazing. almost sold out. She's really killing it. And I think that's what we got to do. We got to face where we're BSing ourselves, where, where our nonsense really is. So we got to look at, it's not, you know, there's something that you want, you have an excuse and there's a reason you have that excuse because there's a huge payoff. Totally. You're reminding me of a conversation I had the other day with my students in my business mentorship. And I was talking about what might break in our life if we become outrageously rich and successful. And as women, like some of the biggest answers that I got back was that I'd be a terrible mom. I'm going to be a bitch, right? Like it was really interesting or I won't have time for my family. I'll be too busy, like you said. And so I really had them kind of take this step back and plan like, okay, well then what are the steps that we can avoid that from happening, right? Like if you think you're going to be a terrible mom and you have to send your kids off to daycare, like what else can you do to make up for that, to get rid of that sort of mom guilt, Mm -hmm. right? And especially as an entrepreneur, like you said, take the time. You can take the time on a Friday and go spend that time with your kids, like, right? So it's like this bit of like give and take that I think we have to, we have to acknowledge and just kind of accept. But I definitely think from an excuse standpoint, so many people, they just don't do anything. Like those excuses hold them hostage for so long. Like what do you feel or what are some of the steps that people can just take to kind of bust through that? I think everyone has their own way of kind of breaking through it. But ultimately, I think it's it always comes down to acknowledging really how painful it is to be exactly where you are. You know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like, can you live like this for another day? Right. Can you live like this? for? Can Do you want to have this problem 30 days from now? Like the same problem show up. Right. Do you want to go back to it? Probably not. I, I, I think maybe because sometimes it feels like it's like a subtle level of suffering and pain. We might not, not even look at it that way. Right. You know, fill in what you want. Stress, frustrated, 
like miserable, mm-hmm. bored. Like that's all suffering to me. That's all pain to me. Totally. And I think you got to realize that you're used to it. You've normalized the fact that you're comfortable, that you're small, that you're not living your potential. You're used to it. You're numb. You're inoculated. Right. But when you really sit with, oh, I'm, you know, like I have all these excuses of why I'm not doing the things that are going to bring me more fulfillment, more meaning, more money, more satisfaction in my life. We have to look at, okay, well, look at that, the price of that. Yes. And then look at the price to others. Like with this example, well, what does it cost your kids? For you to not reach your potential, for you to not strive. Like, what does it cost your partner? They're only getting a fraction of you. All they get is a piece of you. When you can be going and exploring the whole you, the full you. And then when you're with your family, when you're with your friends, when you're with your clients, they get to experience the full you, the whole you. Now that's like, that's dangerous. I like that you, you know, you use like what's going to break, right? Because it is dangerous. We don't know what to expect when we pursue more meaning in our lives. That was huge. I'm sure so many people are like just sitting right now and letting this sink in. And I feel like every time we have conversations, I always go off with like journaling more or like just, I have to sit and like really let it all integrate. And so I encourage everyone that's listening to like go back and re-listen to this episode a million times. (laughs) Okay. So I want to talk about some of the one-liners that you've been posting on Instagram because they're amazing. You have these like awesome quotes that you've been posting and FYI, they're your quotes. Okay. They're not quotes that you've taken from somebody else (laughs) and they're so brilliant. And I'd love to go through some of them and have you expand on them for us. Sure. Cool. Okay. When you betray your word, you betray yourself. Hmm. I don't think that many of us get the experience that we are our word. And I think we kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And when I say your word, it's not just what you say. You know, you, you know how they say your actions speak louder than words? Right. Well, your actions are saying something about you. That's part of your word. And when you betray your word, you betray yourself. Like to me, what that means is we say time with family is important. Mm-hmm. We say don't work so hard. Take time to rest. Right? Don't burn yourself out, right? But do, are you doing it? Like, are you actually living that? Like, if I was going to watch you for a whole day or for a whole week, would I see the things that you are teaching your kids, mm-hmm. your clients, your colleagues, the things that you are out there preaching? Like, are you actually living it? And I think when when we acknowledge the things that truly matter to us, I think that's authentic. I think that's that's real. How we live is a whole other story. And I think when we look at the areas where we are completely in contradiction with the things that we say are, are things that matter to us, that's the first place we've got to look. You know, we think that we have all these, we want to achieve these massive milestones in our business, in our lives, in our relationships, and all those things are important. And we might be really stuck. Like we might not be getting there. Like I know for me, if I'm trying to force a result and it's not happening with my clients or with my business, I I always take the responsibility to myself. I'm like, well, what am I doing? Right. Well, where am I not honoring my word? Where am I like teaching these things to my clients, but I'm not actually living it? Right. Like the self-care Mondays, like that's not every single week or we're, we're enjoying that type of Monday. It's, it's pretty consistent, but you know, like 
there's times where I'm like really trying to make things happen. Like, I know we're all trying to make things happen. And I'm like, well, why is nothing happening? <laughs> and I just have to look at, okay, let me look at the, the action items I'm giving, I'm giving my clients. And what am I not doing? I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I need to get back to enjoying my self-care Mondays. I need to For like sure. take that back. Because sometimes, you know, we're, we're human beings. We're not perfect. But yeah, I find that as soon as I get my word back, I get my power back. Because the whole thing is when you give your word to something, you make a commitment, you make a promise, you say you're going to accomplish something in a certain amount of time. Deep down, if you betrayed your word, you know that your words are flimsy. Right. You know that you can't trust what you say to yourself. Totally. You live with yourself. You have, you know, you're, you're tallying it all unconsciously. Like how often you say you're going to do something, but you don't. And I swear to you that that seeps into and leaks into a whole bunch of other areas in your life. As soon as you realize that, you'll be like, oh, okay, I need to just clean this up. Totally. This makes me think of a question I always ask my clients. Like if I, you just said it, it's funny because I wrote it down. If your clients were to follow you around for seven days, would they hire you? Mm -hmm. Right. I always think about, like, I always ask myself that as a coach, as an entrepreneur, like I always ask myself that. And then it allows me to see like, where in my life am I out of integrity? Yeah. I love that. Okay. Next one, get intimate with all the ways you sabotage your growth. I think we, I think we make ourselves wrong for sabotaging. Okay. For having these things that we do that limit us, that have us, you know, take two steps forward and one step back right? We make ourselves wrong. We think there's something wrong with us. We got to reject it. We got to get rid of it. We got to conquer it. We got to fix it. I say that's just a part of being a human. I say that that is just, it's a, just a natural part of living. You can't free yourself. You can't liberate yourself from the fact that in your DNA, you're built for survival and survival wants predictability, wants comfort, wants safety. And if you're a human, if you're also a human being, you're trying to grow and expand and trying to, you know, have different experiences in life, which are all going to be dangerous to that part of ourselves that, that gets triggered. And so getting intimate is just like, I like the word intimate because it means warmth. It mm -hmm. means being able to relate with, it means you have a sort of affection for it, where you can recognize like, oh, okay, that's a part of me. And I think it takes like a lot of, so if you look at the last 30 days and the ways that you've sabotaged yourself, you might think of one or two major ways that you just completely backtracked, right? You might be, you know, on a nutrition plan, right? You might be on a plan to, to grow your business. You might be on a plan to go out and find the love of your life or whatever it is. And then there's something or whatever. And you do something to completely backtrack and betray whatever it is that you set out to do. And that's a major, one major thing. But if you break it down, it's a lot of subtle, tiny things. It's that waking up five minutes later hmm. and going to sleep five minutes later. It's I'll have a, I'll have seconds. It's you know, I'm going to have another drink or, you know, it's, it's these tiny little right. things and it all adds up. And I think we need to just see, oh, every tiny little step is actually descending my life into my own hell. Like these tiny wow. little steps descend me into hell. It's not these massive once a month, you know, one Binge, once a year, whatever. big yeah. things. Yeah. It's no, it's every tiny little thing. And I think when we get really vigilant about those little things, we just become aware 
of like how we're living our life. Sometimes we're just, we just go through the motions. We're automatic. But as soon as you get intimate with the ways you sabotage yourself, as soon as you see that in action in real time, like, oh my gosh, there I am. I'm reaching for the thing, the donut, the whatever, the drink or. Right. You now have a choice. Now you can stop. Now there's a part of you that's so aware that you can pause. And I think that pause is super, super important because right now we're just running a tape. It's just automatic. It just keeps going. You were just talking about choice for a second. And the other day I was thinking to myself, like, we have the privilege of choice and not a lot of people have that. It's something I've been like running through my mind a lot. It's like how I show up in my day and the mm-hmm. things I'm choosing to do. I was just like, oh my God, I have the privilege of choice right now. And so many people don't have this. It allows me to almost step up and show up in such a bigger way. Sorry, that's where my mind went. But you okay. know, we... It is. I like the way that you said it. It's a privilege. Yeah, it really and, is. And I think it is a privilege and it's a responsibility. Totally. And it's something, it's another one of those th- those things that you got to take. No right? one gives you the choice. Correct. Right? You got to take the privilege and the responsibility that you do have a choice. And maybe the first thing you got to realize is that I have a choice in how I show up in this matter. Right? In the work that I do, when I get home, when I kiss my husband, when I, you know, like, like you have a choice in how you show up and how present you are and how resourceful, how creative you are. There might be some aspects where you're like, okay, well, I feel kind of constrained here, right. but you, oh, you have a choice in your attitude. You have a choice in your outlook. You have a choice in what you put in your body, put in your mind. You have a choice what comes out of your mouth, right? So true. So true. Okay. So next one. Future obsessed while bankrupting the present is a gift thrown away. It's actually an unopened gift thrown away. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it? It's well, true. It is. It's an unopened it's, gift thrown away. It's, it's actually an unopened gift thrown away. Right. Because when everything that I say here, everything that I'm putting on Instagram, everything that I do in my coaching is because like, that's the stuff that I need. Right. It's, like, and what this you've is gone me. through. Yeah. This is me. Like right. I'm an overdoer. I'm a dooaholic. I'm a f- future obsessed worrier. I'm like, I'm the self-sabotager. Like that's like, I'm just witnessing all this stuff in myself and I'm just maybe a little bit more better practiced because that's just what I do for a living. Right. right. And having the um, awareness around it. Exactly. But being future obsessed, I think it's so important. We need something to aim towards. We always need to be able to have a, like a direction for our lives. Otherwise, you just feel like aimless, directionless. That's kind of, it's like every human being needs to feel like they're useful. Then we all need to feel like we're making a contribution, right. that we're here for a reason. And part of that is having something to aim towards. And that part's important. But the thing that always gets missed, not always, but the majority of the time when the conversations that you and I get to have with so many different people, it's we miss out on this. Yes. We miss out on this moment because there's abundance, there's beauty, there's love, there's everything that you need right here in this moment. And I think we all just need to shift and recognize like, wow, like the birds are chirping outside right? The grass is green because of the, the, the rain has fallen. Mother Earth, you know, is hydrated, right? We're in this calm, peaceful environment. It's the middle of the day. We're going to have a beautiful lunch after this. There's so much beauty in it, yes. but that doesn't take away the fact that we're still in action mode, move, wanting to move forward towards something. So the reason why I say it's you're bankrupting the present is because when you do get to that end point, 
that is not an end point anymore because you're you have changed you've accumulated new experiences new insights new knowledge you've clarified who you are and once you get to that end point there's another end point right so as soon as you get to the there and that there becomes a here but you're you've conditioned and trained yourself that here is nothing and it's empty and meaningless then once you get to the there that you've been aiming for and that there becomes a here, that here is also, also empty and meaningless oh and nothing. It's just a cycle and repetitive and repetitive. Exactly. So we got I think it's important that we just acknowledge both. I love that. Okay. Next one. Busyness is self-avoidance. I can relate. Mm. Been there, done that. That's, that's us. <laughs> here we are. That's us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are like, we are busy. Like, there's so much shit to do. For sure. Like, there's so many things we got to take care of, we got to handle in our lives. I mean, we're trying to manage so much stuff right now. And then at the same time, like, paying attention to what everyone else is doing. Like, I'm so guilty of it. I'm looking at what other people are doing, and I'm just, like, beating myself up for what I'm not doing. Right. And comparing myself. So, like, there's so much, right? Yeah. And it's easy to get caught up in everything that's happening outside. Right? Totally. Because we have, like... We have so many ways of distracting ourselves. And the thing that I, th I think that a lot of us want to not do, and this is because there's, there's actually studies of this. There's a study where given the option of 15 minutes with your thoughts and emotions in an empty, quiet room with yourself versus electric shock, the majority of people chose electric shock. Really? They would rather get electric shock what? than spend time with themselves. That is wild. Think about it. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, I always want to be reading. I'm, right, I'm yeah. cooking. I'm always listening to a podcast. Yep. I'm, I'm driving and I'm listening to a podcast. Or I'm listening to music. There's always like stuff incoming. Yeah. The hardest thing that the reason why something like self-care Monday is so important is because that's usually the day where I disconnect from a lot of that. Yes. Where there's no, there's not as much consuming. There's not as much intake. And it's just, okay, just being with, okay, what's inside of me? Like what's going on inside of me? And I think we use others, we use things to avoid ourselves. You know, how many people have avoided working with you, for instance, because totally. they don't want their whole life imploded. Yeah. Right? Yep. They're like, I don't want to talk to you yet because I'm not ready for my for my whole pantry and my whole refrigerator <laughs> to, be to be yeah, to be overhauled. Yep. Right? So it's dangerous for us to kind of go in the direction of growth because we know that something's got to change and it's not going to be comfortable to change. For sure. And a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, if I sit down and talk to Samantha, then I'm going to realize like all the nasty things I put in my body and the nasty things that I do that I'm going to have to change. And then that involves my husband and involves my kids and involves the judgment of my family members. Yeah. And I don't know, like I totally get why you would not want to pursue that path until you totally. feel like you are ready or the pain is great enough so yeah that's what that's what i would say that's why our busyness is, is self-avoidance hmm. i do it often but i feel like i'm also as as with yourself like i've really gotten to this point of so much self-awareness that i could catch it really quickly that's the subtlety yeah versus right? like then back in the day mm -hmm. you're, you're you because you you're diving so deep and you're watching yourself all the time and you, you've seen it through the years, you catch the subtlety. Like I was getting my teeth cleaned and she was flossing my teeth and she's like, oh, let me go back there. I felt something. And I'm like, what? Like she, like she felt something and she just went back there. And I'm like, if I was flossing my teeth, like it all feels the same. Right. Like it just all feels like <laughs> the same thing that's happening. But she's so trained in the little subtle, 
like level of resistance that she knows to go back. That's kind of how we are as human beings. If you pay attention enough, you can get really tuned in, really honed in, dialed into the subtleties of, oh, this is like, this is not working. I can't keep doing this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just the other day, for example, like I was in my car, I had like an hour drive and normally I'd put the music on, I'd put the podcast on and I went to do it. And then I was like, no, like this feels so good right now. And I'm going to sit here in the silence and like, no, I didn't listen to anything on the way there. And I didn't listen to anything on the way back. And it just felt like that littlest thing. It just felt so good. It (laughs) felt so good. That's it's so scary to just be like, oh, I'm gonna not have noise. Yeah, not re- I'm, I'm not gonna be. I'm trying to maximize my time. I want to learn as much as I can totally. while I'm doing other stuff. I want to do ten things at once. Like, yep. okay, I get it. We want to be productive, but you know, I, I want to give like a just a, this plug to Peaceful Cuisine. I don't know the guy, but Peaceful Cuisine on YouTube. Okay, and so he has oh, yeah, these, these cooking videos, <laughs> and he has two videos of the same thing: one with music, and then one without music. And I love watching him cook without music right because you're just like oh wow that's really beautiful and all it right. is is just him rinsing some rice <laughs> you know and it's just like the sound of the chopped banana falling on the cutting board right right just like such simple sounds of like opening a package and i'm like why is this so beautiful this is just really mu- i'm getting goosebumps it. that's I how that's how beautiful it is so you stop and you make everything quiet and then you just cook and you just pay attention to the sounds, to the feelings in your hands. And like there's there's some there's something so rich and elegant about that. So true. So my mornings normally like I wake up every morning, I make my tea and I go and I journal. And sometimes it's journal and reading or whatever. And the past, I would say the past like nine, ten months, I've not picked up a book in the morning to read. And I'll journal for a few minutes and it's, it's like very short journaling, but I actually just want to sit there with my tea and that's all I do. And I had a moment, well, I had a few moments of like, this is silly. I need to do something. I need to pick up a book. What will I go read? And like just this urge to go move and do something instead of just, just sitting. And now that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not inclined to go pick up the book and it's so beautiful. Now we're in our new home and I just sit there with my tea and it's like, I hear all these amazing sounds and I hear the birds and I like watch, I was showing you guys earlier, the bird's nest outside the window. And it's just like, this is my new form of meditation. This is my, you know, it doesn't have to be me reading a book or me doing something like I'm just sitting here and just, I'm just being, mm-hmm. yeah. And it feels really good. It you just got to really watch good. your cats. <laughs> like you got to get, take the lesson from your cats, right? And I do watch them as I sit they're there. They're just but... so, you know, like they're just sitting there yeah. and they're just looking around and like so many things are interesting to them and totally. they find this cute little ledge and like, oh, like it's like, that's how simple, you know, we need to be for even just a moment totally. a day. Totally. I remember having a conversation with Hans about like being bored. Like so many people are not okay with with being bored. Like they don't know how to handle boredom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh! If you look at just me, just me and Janet, there's like so many things that we're doing. Like I love, like I'm roasting coffee beans and I'm playing the guitar and she's painting and she's doing Reiki and she's making videos and she's doing her oils and I'm coaching and then I'm listening to music and I'm watching pot. Like there's, we have like a diverse set of interests. We're practicing yoga. Um, we're working out. There's so much stuff that we like doing. Yes. And yeah, it gets tough to just allow ourselves to just sit 
and not have anything to do, nothing to occupy, because the boredom, I think, is we relate that to a lack of stimulation. But the boredom really forces us to generate, to mm. create, yes, like to create opportunity, to make our own music, to make our own writing, to make it, right? I think that's yeah, kind of totally. what the boredom can be the bedrock of. It could be the ground from which we create something of ourselves, create something of our own. I love that. Beautifully said. Okay. Last little one-liner that I want to dive into. The trouble is you think you think. What? It sounds messed up. <laughs> it totally does. I know. I remember showing Janet. And I'm just like, "What do you think of this?" She's like, "What? What are you saying?" Like, the trouble, the trouble is, is you think you think. think you like, think. What, what are you? Some Zen saying? Like, what is that? <laughs> it's worded that way specifically. I thought about that. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, I know you were strategic with that. Yeah, well, sometimes <laughs> I'm not. Right? Sometimes I'm not. But this time I, I was. Especially when it sounds so bizarre. Yeah. Right. You, it does make you stop and be like, "What the hell is he saying?" The trouble is you think that you're the one that's doing the thinking. So when you say, I think my opinion is what I want is how I feel is every time we do something like that. And on the other end of it is that like our self-sabotage, right? Okay. Or our disastrous behaviors or all, or the steps that descend us into hell or keep us small or whatever it is. It's not, it's not you thinking. It's not you. There's a part of you that we call your survival mechanism. And it's there's another part of you that wants everything to be a certain way, to be controlled and safe and predictable in a certain way. And the reason why we need to make that distinction is every time that you say the word I and then something, we have to realize that sometimes when we say the word I before I think, I feel, I want, I don't want, or whatever it is, it's not really the I. I have one client and... He calls his survival mechanism the baby, like the big baby, the big baby who wants to isolate and play small and play video games and just do dumb things. And sometimes I'll, you know, we'll have a conversation and, you know, he's trying to build his team and grow his company. And I'll say, who am I speaking to today? Right. I love that. Who's saying all this? Like, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't want to make, take this risk. I don't want to make this investment. Oh, what a huge leap and all this stuff. Like, is that you? Like you, you, or is that the baby, right? That's so good. And it is a concept, right? We're just using the concept as a tool for us to recognize like, oh, like, like wanting that new thing that's like just frivolous, that might be a waste of money or like not healthy for us or or choosing to spend time with somebody who's an an energy vampire or just like whatever is going to, they're going to lead us into a horrible night. Maybe it's not you that wants it. Maybe... Like when you say I want or I feel, it's something else. And it's that part of you that just wants things to be just as as it's been, as it's always been for you. Hmm. So like your comfort, just staying in your comfort zone. Your comfort, you're playing small, you're being safe, you trying to live a predictable life. Like there's a part of you that's just always looking for ways to keep it that way. Right. Like gravity, hmm. right? It's just, that's just the rule. It's the law. It just, that's what it is. There's a part of you that wants to keep things in a certain way. So this makes me, this makes me think of like your subconscious beliefs, right? Like the structure of your belief system that you grew up with, typically between the ages of zero to 14. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not even like a belief. It's just, you are that. Right. Like, it's not that, 
oh, I believe that money is evil or, or I believe that rich people are evil or whatever it is. Like, no, you are that. Hmm. Like, you stand on this ground and look out at the world from the place of oh, right. these people are wrong. These people are bad. These people are evil. It's not that you think it. It's not even that you believe it. You just are it. That's bold. <laughs> so how do we move past that? I mean, I know for myself personally, I've had to do a lot of like digging, I guess you could say, like, you know, going back and understanding where and who taught me that. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Right. Cause that's where my structure of belief came from. It came from my childhood. Like, you know, what was ingrained in me as a child and like, do I believe that? Is that actually truth? Like I've had to really go back and, and unlearn so many things. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Unlearning is like, I think that's really, we should have universities yeah. and colleges <laughs> and private schools where for four years, all you're doing is unlearning <laughs> that's so nonsense. Yes. You, see, the trouble is we come into a world that's already been right. Like it's, it's already been going. It's right. already all these ideas and all these philosophies and all these ways of looking at the world are already like, they got momentum, man. Like you're just hopping on for the ride now. Like you're just hopping onto this spaceship called earth and it's just already on its own trajectory. And like, we think that <laughs> there's something wrong with us. It's like, no, that's just how it is. Your parents didn't go and purposely teach you these things. Right. They just are these things. Right. And then you became it too. And I think, um, the only way to unlearn it, the only way to break free from it is to realize that it's even there. Mm -hmm. Right. To actually just be very attentive, very vigilant. That's why practices like journaling, that's why having like a therapist or a coach to talk things out, that's why having certain groups of friends where you can really explore some of these things like, okay, what is my mindset about health? Like, what is my mindset about being in relationship with other women? Right? Like, what right. is my context for how to live life and, and become a success? Like, is that mine? Right. Like, like whose success program have I been following? Whose operating system have I been following? Is it mine? And I think that's this. The first thing that you got to do is like just separate. Right. Like you you distinguish. Oh, actually, you know that like that. I think I got that from my parents. Mm -hmm. Like I totally am like my parents in this way. As soon as you acknowledge that, it goes from you being it to now you having it. Like right. you create that distance, that space. And now you could actually look at it. And then when you show up like that again, you're like, oh, there it is. Right. I remember Jan, like Janet was with her sister. Right. And then you guys were having lunch and she said something. She's like, oh, my God, I just said something like our mom would say. <laughs> right. And she just caught it. She just caught like, yeah. oh, my God, I just totally spoke like mom there. That was such a mom thing to do. Right. And then the next time that happens, she'll catch it and yeah. she'll catch it and she'll, she'll catch it. And then slowly, like it might happen hundreds of times thousands of times but slowly that will wither away right because we identified this is this is not me right right and that no longer becomes a part of your identity yeah <laughs> yeah mm, that's so good Janet's so it's just notice how there's so no quietly. like direct things right there's no like oh this is how you fix it this is a step by step it's right. like you just have, like so much of it is awareness of it shining a light on it looking at it creating distance from it and then as it's happening, as we are being it, catching it when it happens. Like, that's why meditation is so important. All meditation is, is you're trying to understand the nature of your mind, right? And the nature of the mind is to constantly look forward and look backwards through time. 
is constantly trying to avoid this present moment. That's just what it does. And meditation is like, oh, there it is again. And just bring yourself back to noticing your breath or noticing the sensation or noticing the sounds or whatever it is. You're just understanding like, oh, this is just what my mind does, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Everyone's mind is like this. So you just went on, well, a couple months ago, Vipassana. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Vipassana, for people who don't know, that is a silent meditation retreat. And you pretty much spend 90% of the time with your eyes closed practicing meditation, a specific technique that they progress you through day after day. And you can't even look at people in the eyes. You can't. Everything is done in such a way where you don't have any decisions to make. There's no way you can break break any rules because it's all just set up like when you eat and when you shower and when you know when you sleep when you wake up like everything is just very regimented which is really it would be so constraining like restricted yeah but actually that level of positive constraint i would say is liberating because you're like oh i don't have to worry about anything it's like you know we went to catholic school didn't have to worry about what we wore. We wore a uniform. Totally. Like it kind of takes away the whole decision making of like, oh, I got to look good. And what do I wear now? And, totally. You know, what's in the laundry? Like whatever. That's why I wear the same shirt like three days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a uniform, right? <laughs> yeah. So that experience is tough to say in like in a short period of time. But I, what I would say about it is it's one of the hardest things that I've done. And how many days was it? 10 whole days. Oh my God. It's, it's actually, it's like 12 days, in the, but 10 whole days of the retreat right and it was one of the most challenging things one of the most painful things but one of also the most powerful things that i've ever done and i i just feel like we all need to do very very hard things the most painful is the most powerful yeah that's where we kind of grow um the painful part the first was physical right like you're sitting for so long and you'll have different sorts of pain right. show up and be screaming yep. like at you like enraging like some people were busting up into tears and crying hard because of how painful it is cuz like how many hours would you actually have to sit in meditation it's about 10 or 11 hours oh my god i'm so antsy just the thought of that is yeah. making me want to like get off my chair right yeah now. like think yeah. of what we just said right like your busyness is a way to self avoid totally like this you can't avoid no. like that's part of why I backed out so many times and why I've just gone to the website and never actually signed up so many times. And I just felt like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, so, I'm sick of avoiding them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now. Good for you. Yeah. But really, I think the power of doing this type of experience is recognizing that at the most sensational level, like as a phenomena in our physical sensation, which is like really how we experience the world, like it's real, like how you feel. It's always changing. It's always changing. You know, like people that are trying to force change. We're trying to force results. If I only just did more, if only I could learn more and know more and be better. And like, we're really forcing the change. But when you do this type of meditation practice, you realize that everything's already always changing at the most subtle level. That's why when you're like, oh, I'm just going to sit and have tea. Like at the core of everything, change is already happening. Right. There's actually not, it's like, that. that is also like gravity. It's just already, you're changing anyways, right? And that really just allowed me to accept that no matter what shows up, right? Stress, worry, fear, doubt, negativity, to acknowledge it, not try to change it, not try to fix it, and just know that, oh, that's going to go away soon. Like at some point, I don't know when, but eventually that'll just, I'll be, it'll be behind me. 
Like, look at any problem of yours in your life. Mm-hmm. And when have they not just went behind you? They just went to the past. Right. They just withered away. And so that'll, that's the same thing that's that, of the things that are going to happen, good or bad, pleasant or unpleasant. They're all temporary. It'll shift. It'll change. So have you been able to integrate what you learned at Vipassana into your everyday life? I think so. Like the first couple of months, I was really, really strong with the practice. Now I'm like trying to like bring the practice back as it isn't like the proper practice as in like practicing in the morning, practicing in the evening. Right like a formal practice i would say but in terms of like a day-to-day experience like even i think janet there's times where we've been like stressed out the last couple of months and she's just like it's just freaking me out that you're not freaked out (laughs) (laughs) because the difference is before i think my outer expression was pretty calm like grounded yeah but inside it was turmoil Mm. it was a tornado and the difference now is after having done that thousands of times, right? Like when you sit for 10 hours a day for 10 days, you see how thousands and thousands and thousands of times that you are constantly moving towards pleasure and avoiding pain, right? Like you're just doing that over and over, over and over, and over again. Yeah. And you just got to bring yourself back to the center. Just be like equanimous. Just be balanced. Like come back to a balanced mind. You just train yourself, right? So internally now, I don't get shaken. That's the coolest thing that's ever happened from that, that no matter what happens, like I'm kind of, it's not like disconnected. It's actually like so connected Totally. because it's like realizing, oh, this is just what it is. Oh, you don't want to work with me anymore. Or you're going to say no to my proposal or you're going to reject me or whatever it is like, okay. Okay. Like it actually doesn't have the same impact. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So a question for Janet, (laughs) how coming to the, coming to the mic. Yeah. Coming to the mic. So. Because Oliver is showing up in that way, how is that impacting you? Like, is it causing you to actually be the one that's like going through the chaos? Or do you find you're actually showing up just as calm? Like, does it help you? Oh, good question. I'm trying to think of scenarios now. I think it, yeah, I think it gives me more space to like, I don't know, as a team, I think just naturally you feel more relaxed if like one person is kind of a bit stronger in the moment, right? Like when we're both kind of coming from our survival mechanisms and both like in that panic mode, it definitely amplifies the stress and the worry. So even just to have one of us feeling more peaceful and more calm, I think generally, yeah, it just creates more ease in our relationship. That's huge. Yeah, That's huge. Yeah. And I can totally relate because going through the whole process of like selling our condo and buying the house and like, just so much stuff that you go through and have to deal with. And especially we were dealing with so many different companies and so much customer service across the board Mm. with so many things. And it was just having to just be kind of be with it. Like, it's okay. It is what it is. You know, I look back at like the ease that it actually took to get here. (laughs) Like, you know, but so many to add, on top of that, like the drama, yeah, more drama. Like, yeah, it's already naturally life is already suffering and naturally stressful. And if you're trying to do something like move, right, move your all of your belongings, your whole life, and drag it like half an hour, forty five minutes totally. to another new place, like that's stressful. Why add more to that? 
Totally. I think we need to d- distinguish that there's stress that we manufacture, that we make up. Yes. Because if you look at the half-life of your stress, it actually is gone within moments. It's true. But it's us remanufacturing it, photocopying it into our present, into our present over and over and over again because we obsess over it in our heads. Absolutely. I love this. Okay. <laughs> so much good content here. It's your first podcast, babe. <laughs> I came in for a little quick moment Just there. a little bit. Yeah. So let's wrap up here. Yeah. And before we do that, now that we've got Janet here, let's talk about wedding planning. Oh okay. my goodness. Where's, where are you guys at with that? And I'm so excited. The reason I want to talk about it is because... They are planning a destination uh, wedding. And of course, I'm going to be there. So <laughs> it's so fun. So where are you guys at with that? <laughs> Moment of silence. Is it yeah. still a destination wedding or it are is, we changing? Yeah. It? Okay. <laughs> I actually thought like us having it away would be simpler. Easier. But, but it's kind of, I don't know. There's uh, still so many options and so many things to look into. So yeah, I don't feel like we have. For sure, it's 2020. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple of spots that we've like narrowed down, but there's so many negative reviews. Oh, like I it doesn't know. matter where you look. Yeah. So that's kind of like where we got a we had a little bit of a block because we have like oh here's three really great places. All right, forget the five star reviews. Let's look at the one star reviews because <laughs> right. that's like you want to know the contrast for sure. There's gonna be so many people who are saying oh this was an amazing experience for our wedding and blah blah blah. But uh, the nightmare stories were kind of just like, oh, my God. So I think we're fielding Facebook to see people (laughs) who have had direct experiences actually getting married or going to a wedding in these specific places. So we can kind of decide. Yeah. But I think... A lot of like the dreams resorts seem to be very beautiful. And, and we're, I guess, somewhat specific that we want it to be in a lush garden. Yeah, we sure. want a garden wedding, not like a beach wedding. Yeah. We want like Which, a garden. Which there's not many that actually have a really tropical, green, beautiful Space, garden. Or like a right. private garden or like Which is kind garden. of surprising. Yeah. But yeah. there's one called Tulum, Tulum in Mexico. Oh, I've been dying to go to Tulum. So yeah. you guys need to go there for sure. <laughs> yeah, Mexico seems really high on the list. <laughs> so that one had a gorgeous... Yeah, garden and they decorate it with you know beautiful chandeliers and all the twinkly stuff it looks quite beautiful mm-hmm. that's so that's awesome it's yeah. a give and take because some of the like some places there's for sure it's always going to be something so yeah yeah we want to just have like some real life people tell us what it was like yeah before we, it's a great idea before we nail it yeah totally soon i know you're getting there it's funny because i keep kind of like we go back and forth and i keep asking them because i'm like well you guys gotta pick a date because it can't overlap with my date double wedding (laughs) totally we haven't even planned anything you're in the middle of like moving and so much stuff like you got a lot of stuff right now just not at the top once it settles totally then you'll have the the bandwidth to do it yeah and there's no there's no rush so it's all good awesome well thank you so much for being with me today oliver thank you that was so wonderful and janet (laughs) (laughs) she was awesome Uh, just sitting here quietly listening (laughs) and we're we're gonna have to have janet on for sure 100 percent. yes because what people don't know is that before the podcast we dosed ourselves with some oils doTERRA essential oils amazing and um, you got some in your eye i got some in my eye I was wondering where the eye wash station is at Holistic Wellness Studios, <laughs> oh right? For all the chemical issues that you're going to have. That's awesome. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's been one of the biggest, coolest things that I think in the last, yeah, in the last year or so, 
that has shifted kind of like what our rituals are, what our I love it. routines are. And so Janice, like the whole master at that. Yeah, no. And it's been beautiful watching you, Janet, from afar and seeing you integrate it all into your life and into your everyday and Thank like you. see you really step up <laughs> yeah. into your yeah. power. Yeah. It's been awesome. And I've shared Janet, Janet's a beautiful artist and I've shared her amazing painting many times on Instagram. <laughs> so we'll be sure to tag that in the show notes yes, as I well. Yeah. You. Awesome. So tell our listeners, Oliver, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Oliver Manalise, just my name. And you can find me on Facebook to search Oliver Manalise. And that's usually where I hang out. You can go to my website, olivermanalise.com. I offer complimentary sessions for people who are just looking for additional support. So typically, if you are an overwhelmed, overworked, burnt out, overachiever, trying to like force fit results, so you're like really resisting and trying to control the outcome, and you realize that that's not working, the support that I provide is to get you to a place where you are a little bit more at ease with who you are, where you are actually able to come from a place of joy and satisfaction and fulfillment and service and perform from that place, from a place of, okay, I have well-being, I have integrity, I have this sense of alignment, I have a sense that where I am right now is already you know, it's already abundant, it's already rich, it's already beautiful, and I'm going to come from that place, not trying to get anywhere. And yeah, so if anyone's interested in having a conversation and exploring what that would look like to have that kind of support, we'd love to have the opportunity to speak. Amazing. And you are also coming into my Holistic Wellness Business Mentorship. Mm. You're going to be teaching a class in there. I'm so excited. The students are going to love that. So amazing. We will put all of this into the show notes. Thanks so much for being here. And definitely go check Oliver out on Instagram. He's got those amazing one-liners. You guys are going to love it. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, everybody, did we give you some food for thought, some things that you need to go sit with and really dig deep and do some work around? I always feel like I need to do that after speaking with Oliver. And there's always so many great insights that I feel like I have to sit with and let sink in. And I could literally speak to him for hours and I'm so lucky that I get to. So if you guys are interested in learning more about Oliver, head on over to his website, olivermanalise.com. You can also tune into his podcast, The Oliver Manalise Show. And if you guys have any questions, come find us over on Instagram. You can connect with Oliver there. You can connect with myself at Holistic Wellness Foodie. We will put all of today's show notes over on the website at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 65. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in today and really looking forward to connecting with you guys next week. If you have questions for Oliver, maybe let's bring him back on another future episode. I'm always down for interviewing him and we can put together a Q&A episode for him. Send me those questions over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie and we can definitely get him back for a Q&A episode because I know there are so many wheels that are probably like spinning right now. Maybe you've got questions, deeper questions about excuses and transformations and really stepping into your power and living a life of more power and possibility. So send those questions our way. I'd be so happy to help answer them. And if you haven't left us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or whichever platform you listen to us on, we would greatly appreciate that. It really helps get our show noticed and helps us to support more women globally, which is exactly what we want to do. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Chat with you guys next week. Have a great week. Thank you.